right center, Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top. Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you guys by DraftKings. Football fans, the moment you've all been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do is get your share. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Damn, that's a lot of money. Uh, download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like, who will score last? And boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing so use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I, I'd take a million dollars. Yeah, that actually sounds like it's a pretty sounds, good deal. It sounds like a pretty good de- deal. I mean, I'm, I'm all about that. 100%. Definitely have to jump on that. I mean getting close couple more weeks left of football both our teams are out of it unfortunately at least and, yours made the playoffs yeah and then yeah, yeah mine was very close though very close. you guys almost made the playoffs we did we really did but you know that washington football team just too good yeah i mean that clutch win over the eagles yeah let's not talk about that let's stick to hockey yeah, stick to hockey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, I guess we should. I mean, not not a ton going on with the Panthers this week. I mean, specifically, nothing. No games since our last episode. Absolutely nothing. Just sitting here waiting. It's going to be so weird. Like, we're going to like halfway through the season and the standings are going to look whack just because teams have played such like different number of games. It's it's gonna be so weird. I I completely agree. It's like I was I was looking at the standings last night, and it's like, oh, this team's kind of in it, but then this team that's like just below them has only played like three games. Like Carolina's played three, Florida's played two. It's. Uh, Do you think there should be like a penalty on the teams that can't play because they had COVID outbreaks? Um. Do you think like there should be some sort of repercussion? Obviously, we saw the the Capitals get fined. I think one hundred ten thousand dollars. 
but that was that was because they actually broke the protocol i mean how, how do you like would you penalize teams that while they don't break the protocol still get outbreaks i i don't think i would just because like if you're following the protocols and you're being cautious like it obviously reduces your risk but there's still the possibility that you get it right like when you're not in a bubble there's always ways uh for these outbreaks to occur uh so like i don't like if, if you're following the protocols and you have an outbreak like I, I i don't fault the team or the players uh at all i don't think there should be any sort of penalty there but like we saw with the washington capitals like if you're breaking the protocols right that have been pretty clearly outlined i'd assume to all the players then yeah of course a, a fine makes sense um Who, whose wife was it that complained on the uh on the capitals i can't remember was it like was it, it was one of the russian guys i want to say dmitry orlov but i it's I, maybe it was ovechkin's wife i don't know could have been i i, I mean, you know what i'm talking about though right? i know exactly what you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it, she, i thought she made a good point that there was a lot of hypocrisy in just the the rules like I mean, these guys are literally sitting next to each other on a bench, no masks or anything, like breathing pretty heavily. Yeah. Yet you're going to tell them they can't hang out in a hotel room together. Yeah. And I, I, I get that. Like there's a lot of questions around like the policies and how effective stuff really is when you're having these close contact, like a lot of it seems kind of arbitrary and not overly necessary. But at the same time, like the guidelines were, you know, out there, the players knew them, they agreed to them, and they they willingly broke them. No, exactly. So I get so I get that it's a bad rule, but you knew the rule and you broke the rule. That that's the that's the very good point is that you 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 signed on you you accepted these rules, and yeah. as as stupid as you may think they are, you still agreed to them. Yeah, it's like when I get a speeding ticket on the highway for going a smidge too fast. I've, I fully... never, seen you, I've never seen you speed, Justin. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, hypo- it's completely Hypo- hypothetical. Okay, this is a hypothetical. All right. But if, if I'm going too fast on the highway, like let's say the speed limit's 100 kilometers an hour, so 60 miles, and I'm going 120, then, you know, and I get a ticket for some reason because I'm going too fast. Like I might think that, you know, it's dumb. The speed limit is 100. It should be 120. But at the same time, like I knew it wasn't, and I was going fast willingly. So of course there should be a punishment there. I should get a ticket. Right. But that's all hypothetical. Cause I never get speeding tickets. Exactly. I, I've never even seen you speed period, let alone get a ticket for it. I don't even, I don't even know if I get my car over 120 kilometers an hour <laughs> uh, thing, but it's uh, so, so like, I, I fully get the, I get that it's not a great rule, but. Cause, cause while these while these teams like like Carolina, Dallas, they get they, they don't get penalized um, for, for having an outbreak and they, they don't have to play and obviously they can't practice, so that kind of sucks. But at the same time, you're penalizing other teams. Yeah, it, you're not exactly. allowing you know like the Panthers weren't able to like really bounce uh, like because momentum's a huge thing in the NHL. Like the Panthers weren't able to build any momentum off 
of those games against Chicago. No, because then you, you played the games and now you have another two weeks or another week. Yeah, I mean, not... I think it was a little, a little less than two weeks, but still, I mean, it just it, it's a it seems like a very unfair situation for these teams that don't get outbreaks. Yeah. And, it, you know, and we saw it with other sports, as we saw it with the MLB and a little bit with the NBA. But I think the expectation was always that stuff like this was going to happen. Right, that there would be delays. So I don't think it's like shocking to any team or any players that this stuff's going on and, um, you know, they maybe haven't played as many games as they would have liked. Uh, at the same time, you know, though, we are two weeks into a season and the Panthers are undefeated. Right. So that, that's got to be, you know, a bit of a win. And the nice thing is that when they, they are back and playing games, hopefully uh, this week here, but you never know. Like they don't, they do have easier game. Like they're kind of eased into the season a bit. Yeah. Is kind of what I'm getting at. Like there's some good teams in their division, but like they, they miss their Tampa series. They miss their exactly Dallas series. Right. So they're right. They're set up their next two games, blue jackets. Then they got two against the red wings. Uh, and then they got two against the predators. The Predators and the Blue Jackets series both hugely important, and then Detroit is just one where you, you gotta you gotta get two wins there. Exactly. Right, but then you're sitting in. It, it puts them in a situation where they could be really setting themselves up for success by getting off to a, a nice start here. Yeah. Uh, so the opportunities there for that, like we've seen, you know, like there are teams that have you know kind of slumped out of the gates and. In such a short season, like we're already, you know, teams are already 10% of the way through the schedule, right? Like it's early, but the pressure's on for, for some teams. Uh, it, it 100% is. In in some of the divisions. Uh, Vancouver, just to name one. Um, I, <laughs> Vancouver's not been living up to the potential. Although, as I recall, I'm pretty sure I put them as finishing sixth in our, in our, um, uh, or maybe that was Winnipeg. Can't remember, but I'm I, I remember putting Vancouver fairly. I think low. you put Winnipeg second last because you for some reason have a vendetta against Kurt, uh, Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, and it's really not been going my way. Like I they they played Ottawa I think three times now. Yeah. Like there isn't good. You'll see in the long run. In the long run, it'll it'll pay off. Um, I don't think i have vancouver in the playoff it's either vancouver or edmonton fighting for a playoff spot i think i chose but i mean yeah, I the way, they, the way that division shapes so up. much there's just so much lack of execution on the canucks team they were giving up so many turnovers oh yeah they look like a team that could really use like a tyler to type <laughs> or a, a jacob markstrom and that even yeah, Jacob Markstrom kind of guy in net. Um, I mean, Holby hasn't been bad from what I've seen. Yeah, uh, Demko's been a little inconsistent for yeah, me. Yeah, Demko's been a little more iffy. Right, um, and I think it, it, at least they went out and got Holby in, in the summer after losing Markstrom. Yeah, they've just been giving up a lot of on-man rushes. Um, they, they just – Elias Pettersson has not been looking himself. No. 
Not at all. And it doesn't help when Tyler Myers is taking three interference penalties a game. I mean, I, what is that? Sometimes, yeah. Um, I mean, I've never done that. I might have got two in a game, but three. Yeah, he's 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 going to have a hard time finding a job after this contract, I think. Yeah. So question for you, Noah. Of all the teams that have played so far, played, you know, a, a decent amount of games. For better or for worse, which team has surprised you the most with their performance? Uh, so I'm not going to say Montreal because Montreal is the obvious pick. And I, I can't say they surprised me because I had them in that in that spot. Um, it's a it's a there's a lot of teams, uh, I think probably most disappointing so far for me would have to be the Rangers. Wow. I, I thought the Rangers had more, um, but it's so hard. I mean, they played four games now. I thought the Rangers would be better. Um, there's no other like real surprises. I mean, I know Minnesota's second in the division in, in their division, but I had them finishing third in that division. You did, you did, and everyone was pull, sleeping. I just on. want to pull up their schedule. I, they they played three teams now, right? And those three teams are the Kings, the Ducks, and the Sharks. Oh it's yeah, like it's it's so hard to you know it's, that's why it's so I, hard to say they they've looked really good when they haven't played a good team yet. They, I mean, we'll, we'll see. They they don't play Colorado until January thirtieth, and that's their first good team, and that's just. I mean, that just is the division, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Rangers. I thought they would be better. Uh, they, they had some poor performances. Uh, that first one against the, uh, against the Islanders was really bad. And, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, um, obviously, I grew with the Rangers. I, I mean, really, you could put – them and the Sabres because I thought both would be better than they have. I been. didn't. I didn't think the Sabres would be that good. So no, I, no. But we, we. I think. I think when we did our predictions, I think we had the Sabres second last. I think that was the consensus. Yeah, the Devils. The Devils are deciding that they're going to be the best of the mediocre teams. Yeah. So that's a, that's a bit uh, of a, of a surprise there. Um, you guys were all. I don't know if you specifically when we had the episode, but some people were pretty low on the Capitals. They're three zero and two. I think I, I I think I was one of those people. Um, That's yeah. three zero and two without their you know Russian players for one game. That's like half their team. I mean, that's also three games against Buffalo. Exactly points night. Yeah, exactly. It's... Um, but yeah, so I, I get like the the scheduling. Uh, you know, kind of and, and they they, they lost both both of their games to Pittsburgh. Although, zero and two, it was three zero and two. It was two one overtime, one shootout loss. But yeah, and I mean, I Pittsburgh, mean the, the, those, win, those, those wins, those wins are against those wins are against Buffalo. I I don't know how else to categorize it. Yeah, but then the the two, but then the loss to Pittsburgh in the in the shootout when you don't have your your players. One hundred percent. So, but for me, the most disappointing team. And it's not like they've been particularly bad, but we expect way more. And that's the Colorado Avalanche. Who they're three and two, so they have a winning record. 
but you split a series against the Blues, you drop one to the Kings, you don't dominate over the Ducks. I mean, obviously John Gibson's huge, but I would just I would expect more out of them. I think so too. Um, I mean, yeah, they won. They won against St. Louis. I mean, eight nothing. That was a pretty convincing win. But to follow that up with a three-two win against LA and then a four-two loss against LA, um, probably not where they want to be. They probably want to be a lot more competitive. And I mean, from what I've seen, they've looked really good. Yeah, they just. Because I, I think I watched the 3-2 win against uh, the Kings. Um, they looked really good. They're just not capitalizing on their opportunities. And it's kind of – it's reflecting on the scorecard, obviously, because they're not, they're not winning the games. Yeah. It's, it's – I've, I've seen them look really good. I've seen them not look quite as sharp in a couple games. Um, the thing for me though, like when you're when you're Vegas or when you're Colorado or even St. Louis, let's say in this division, like the way the schedule works out is you go to California, you play each team twice, right? So that's like if you don't win like four or five out of those six games, like that's gotta be a disappointment for for your team. One hundred percent. Because just of how bad those teams are. Um and yeah, they they drop one against the Kings, not great close one against the Ducks, force OT. So I'm not like, it's not like they've been bad. I just, I thought they would be much better. And it's still early though. Like that's the thing too. Teams, uh, teams haven't had long training camps, so they're still working things out. So like really hard to get a read on, on how good anyone really is at this point. Yeah. But I mean, obviously Colorado would want to be in a better position than what they are now. Um, I don't think it's going to matter in the long run, obviously, but yeah, no, these, and I can't really make, we can't really make any like comments about the, the central division, right? Like there's been so many games that have been going, you know, like the, the only teams we've really seen are Chicago, Detroit, and Columbus. Yeah. You know, and then sprinkle in a little of Nashville and Tampa Bay, but it's Carolina. We haven't seen enough. Like it's just, you can't really make any assumptions about that division. So, I mean, it's, it's it, interesting. It, yeah. Like looking um, at the standings right now, it's just a mess. It, it really is. Especially, especially in the central. Yeah. The central's not, it, it, it's all over the place. Stars with one game, Panthers with two hurricanes with three. Um, I mean, so Florida, uh, the Panthers are now one of two teams to be truly un, un uh, undefeated. Them and the Stars. Yep, them and the Stars. And the Stars have only played one game. But, and man, they look good. They did. They obviously did. They were playing Nashville. Who We've talked a lot about Nashville, and we don't know why they're not better. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. They have all these scoring, like, threats – up front in like Duchesne, uh, Johansson, like Rocco Grimaldi, Grimaldi, like Victor Arvidsson, like, and then they have a stellar blue line, right? Ryan Ellis, uh, Cap, um, Roman Yossi, Roman Yossi. My goodness. Uh, I think Eckholm is still there. Uh, yeah, you have Ellis, Yossi, Eckholm, 
but then you have uh it's Dante Fabro who's you know look he's okay he's still, still young, young. He's still a young player um, I, I mean I think Yannick Weber's still there I don't know if he's actually playing they, I know they signed, they're third signed a PTO or something yeah the third playing they play right now is uh Boroaki and uh Benning yeah so but first of all he didn't even score a goal against Dallas no you know and it's like there's just so many things wrong in Nashville, and that's why I didn't understand when everybody was putting them in the playoff conversation. It's like, this team really isn't that good. They should be. Obviously. But, but I don't know what it is. But, hey, if, if it makes it easier on the Panthers, that's, that's what we have to see. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, Dallas scoring five power play goals in that game. Elite. Like... I was just really happy because I have a couple of Dallas star players in our fantasy hockey league and they hadn't played yet. Yes. Yes. I, I had Miro Heiskin and so I got an assist somewhere. I had Gurianov, So he finally got a goal, goal per game player. Expect him to keep that pace all season. Um, but yeah, no, with no Panthers hockey on this week, the big story is obviously the line a for Dubois trade. Yes, it is. Um, what did you make of the whole situation with Dubois and Columbus with the benching in that game with, you know, obviously he'd asked for a trade before. And then two days later, he's going to Winnipeg line a back to Columbus, two players drafted two and three switching spots. Um, what'd you make of the whole situation and who do you think won the trade? I mean, I'm still going back and forth on who won the trade. I think both teams made the absolute best of a worse situation. Yeah, tough like, situations for the teams. Like to be able, because Line wanted out of Winnipeg, Dubois wanted out of um, uh, Dubois wanted out of Columbus. Ross Roslovic wasn't even playing for Winnipeg, was he? No, he wasn't going to play because he wanted a trade. Exactly, like you're able to get rid of two guys that don't want to play for you and get an elite guy in return. And that's true of both teams. It's, I think it's an unbelievable trade for both teams. I think both teams win. Um, I had to pick a winner. I'm going to say Columbus. Um, I think Line's upside in the sense that he can be a 50 goal scorer is huge. Um, I still think of him that way. And then Rosovic, obviously, I think was probably playing as their third C in Winnipeg so last season. He, he played a lot on the wing last season, but he's had more success as a center. Yeah, so it, I think it's a, just a fantastic trade. I'm giving the slight upside to, to Columbus um, just based off of Line's pedigree. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not because Dubois is a much more two way guy. Yeah. You like, know, like they're both very good players. Like, I mean, no one's like elite that. players, first liners without a doubt. I mean, yeah, Dubois it's just, a real 1C. Line is a w- real, what is he, left wing, right wing? Both. Yeah. At least the left, a, though, right shot on the left side. Yeah. yeah he's a first. First line winger, like undoubtedly both teams are getting very talented guys, but I, if I, 
and I've I've switched my decisions about like four times about who actually won the trade. But right now, if you ask me, I'm gonna say Columbus by a hair. Yeah, it's definitely close. Um, the whole benching situation with Dubois. What were your thoughts on that? Because that was pretty highly publicized. So I wasn't watching that game. I watched overtime of that game. Yeah. And I, it didn't click to me that Dubois wasn't playing, and I wasn't really paying attention to that. And then I switched over to another game after. Um, and then I saw a tweet, and it was like, he's only played three minutes, 55 seconds. I was like, yeah. there's no way. There's no way. This is like... So I, I looked on the NHL app and I actually saw it. He played all in the first period. Like he was, I can't remember the last time I've seen a player get benched like that. Well, you saw the the, the video of the, the shift that he had. Obviously, obviously. And then you see the video of the shift and you're like, this guy's either drunk or he's just not trying. He's just trying to be get out. Yeah. For me, so I, I actually did watch this game. Uh, cause I was at work, I was tracking it. And, um, so I knew Dubois wasn't out there. I had, I, I was watching, I started watching just after he got benched and watched the rest of the game. He wasn't playing. Uh, and then later I saw the shift. Um, obviously, yeah, complete lack of effort on that shift. And like, I get like, you don't want to be in Columbus, right. For whatever the reason is, you don't want to be there. Um, but like these, these are your teammates you're with here. You know, you should be willing to put in at least a little bit more effort um, for them, uh, which just wasn't the case. And then you, they, they showed a couple of shots of him throughout the game and he's just on the bench, like chatting it up with like, like he, he had his gloves off and he was like pe- playing with his hands at one point. Yeah, I think he had like smelling salt. He's just talking, you know, having a blast on the bench. And it's like, all right, this guy doesn't want to be there. But like, I see, I get that there's that, but we also don't know the full extent of the story. No, of course. Were it to get to the point where he's acting like that on the bench and during the game, you, you, you have to wonder like, what, what the hell happened? For for this like complete disconnect to occur. Yeah, yeah, and we, he wasn't he wasn't like that in the first games. No, and we don't know. Yeah, again, we don't know what, what led to that. But yeah, if, if I'm the coach and I see that type of shift, and then I see him just having a blast on the bench, it's like great, stay there. Yeah. So uh, full, fully getting the benching from that perspective. Uh, with regards to who do I think won the trade? Um. I also, it's really tough to call. It's, it's such a tough call. Uh, but I'm picking Winnipeg. And first first, first and foremost, Winnipeg needed that second line center to slot in behind Mark Shifley. And they get a really, really good one in Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, I think Columbus will miss having that center that can drive play, yeah. do the things that Dubois does. I don't think they really have anyone that can step up and fill that. Uh, yeah, I don't think Domi Domi's a one one C. I think he's he's a two C at best. Well, even if even if he was a one C, like it's a different type of one C. Like I imagine like playing against Pierre Luc Dubois sucks because he's so big, so yeah. fast, so strong. Playing as Max Domi, the guy's like five ten. <laughs> like, all right, let him skate in circles. 
goes to the net, I'll cross check. I'm like, that's not, I'm not as concerned about that. But to have a guy like Pierre Luc Dubois, who's a genuine like game changer in so many different facets of the game, they don't really have a guy that can step in and, you know, make up for that. In Winnipeg, because they have so many wingers, they can lose Patrick Laine and they still have Wheeler and Connor and Ehlers. And that's exceptional depth right there. Um, so I think, like, I think if, if it was me and you asked me who would I rather have, Dubois or Laine, to build like a team around, I'm taking Dubois mm-hmm. 100%. Line eight, bit too one-dimensional for me. Scores goals, great on the power play. But five on five doesn't always do much. And the other part of it, too, is that, you know, I love Patrick Line. He seems like a great guy, like an absolute yeah. blast. Ever since that, like, his draft interview that he did from his bed on his, like, FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, love the guy. I don't necessarily think he's going to mesh the best with John Tortorella. Well, that's what I was thinking. The first thing I thought when when I heard Line A was going there is I thought well, there's another star player that Columbus is going to lose in a year or two. Yeah, like I think I think in the short term, like I think Line A will get there, and I think first of all, it's really tough because it's going to take a while for both guys to actually get with their new teams uh, and into some games. But I think Line A will probably get off to a pretty good start in Columbus, but. To me, I think, like we saw kind of with Dubois, that relationship with John Tortorella, I think it'll be really good at the start, but then I think it'll get to a point where he starts tuning the coach out, and that's when things will start to go south. Whereas I don't see that anything like that happening with Dubois and like Paul Maurice. No, and obviously Dubois, Dubois' dad is in the... Manitoba Moose. Manitoba Moose coaching, or Great I think he's assistant coach. Um these are both guys that are going to be RFAs after the 2021-2022 season, right? Or sure. is Line yeah, I think A, so. I, something like that. I can't remember exactly. I know that's that's it for Dubois. Line A, I think, is the same, but I could be wrong. Um, I think that Winnipeg, long-term, has a lot more chances of re-signing Dubois than... Columbus has of re-signing Line. A. Obviously, I think Ross Levick is a very good pick pickup for them. I think he'll he'll be there for the long term. He's an Ohio guy. Like that's where Yeah, he, I I, he I, up there I he actually, played he played in the U16 Columbus Blue Jackets. Like he he was in that organization already. Yeah, I actually fully I fully expect Jack Ross Levick to be a very good player for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think that might be the deciding factor in this trade. Um, Sorry, so Line is actually an RFA after this season. Yeah. But I think if you're Columbus, I don't think you make this trade if you don't think you have a very, very good chance of re-signing Patrick Line. And, you know, obviously finish GM there in Columbus. Yes, yes. Um, I think that's going to work a lot towards... Yeah. I mean... I assume he's going to sign, like, a nice long-term deal in Columbus and be their guy. But I'm not sure he... He stays in Columbus for the duration of that contract. Yeah, there, there's going to be like, there's just, there's been too many instances in Columbus of star players leaving. And you kind of get the sense that there's a reason, there's something in the water. I don't know. Col- um, Columbus seems like a nice city. Yeah. I, I've heard good things about Columbus. 
I know, I know the Russian guys want to live either in the South or in a big city where, you know, like New York, um, I know that was Bobrovsky and Panarin. I think that was the reasoning behind those moves. Um, you don't want, you don't want to have to play in Columbus, Ohio. And then, I mean, do they even have other sports teams? Um, college teams. Uh, yeah exactly well no because like columbus like because you have the three big cities in ohio right 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 obviously so there's just teams like yeah. around in the general vicinity yeah but it's like columbus wouldn't be my go-to as a player no but i think like it, would it be my go-to no but i would, would argue, not be the worst it would not be the worst let's make that I, clear no i think like, winnipeg might be the worst oh yeah i would like winnipeg would be the worst but just the fact that his dad. Like, no yeah, like no disrespect to Winnipeg because like I go there quite a bit, but not 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 a top ten destination <laughs> that's for sure, especially in the winter. Yeah, I mean, and did you see they played the they played the Senators last night? They had a yeah, nine p.m. local start time. Yeah. Like nine p.m. local starts that, that, that would suck the schedule has been a little straight up that would suck but yeah so like i don't think either of the two cities involved in this trade are really you know players top picks um the other the thing for me too is like Pierre dubois like playing for john tortorella like that's a tough coach to play for right like he's a hard coach and like but like so is paul maurice um but Paul Marie's got to feel like a vacation for Pierre Luc Dubois compared to <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I don't think it gets much worse than Tortorella, and he Dubois is going to have the advantage of it in Columbus. He was their guy. He was their best forward. Yeah, right. He was undoubtedly like. I mean, as much as I love like other guys on their teams, and I was watching a little bit of Columbus yesterday, and uh, Texier looks. I've been saying I've been saying it for years. I know you you've been saying it ever since that first playoff series they won four nothing against Tampa. Um, that that was the first time I heard you talking about Texier. Um, but yeah, I mean he's been looking great. But Dubois was the number one guy there, and he, yeah. he goes to Winnipeg. Suddenly he's not going to have that pressure. He's it's arguably like number three. Is that where you would slot him? Where would you slot him? Man. In terms of just uh, offensive talent, offensively, yeah, yeah, yeah. not because obviously I think I Seth Jones makes a good point for being the best on Columbus. I think Seth Jones is stud. I'm Zach Warensky as well, but just I think I have Warensky above Jones. Yeah, um, exactly. But both excellent number one defensemen. Okay, offensive talent in Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean because you've got Shifley, Wheeler, Ehlers. Um, Connor, Kyle Connor, like you've got some pretty, pretty solid studs on offense. Where, where do you see Dubois in the like tone of totem pole of talent? Well, it, that's really tough. I, I know a lot of people really like Mark Shifley. I'm probably a little lower on him than, than some people are. Um, but still pretty high offensively. I think, boy, it's tough. I really like Nick Ehlers. Because, cause, I mean, my point really is, like, Dubois, you're undoubtedly your number one offensively on Columbus. But he, yeah. he slots in, in Winnipeg. Like, regardless of who you put in front of him, I don't think he's number one. No. 
No, he's probably number three or four to me. N- number three is the number I was going for. I mean, I could see four. I think Ehlers is very good. I think Connor's very good. Um, but I that's a whole different dynamic for him going into Winnipeg as well, regardless yeah. of how much it may be distasteful to actually play in Winnipeg. Yeah, like I think, yeah, there's definitely less pressure. Like Patrick Liney, like he goes to Columbus and is like, that's his team. He's the guy, right? They need a guy to score goals. That's what he's there to do. And, and that's kind of, Liney wasn't that number one in Winnipeg and now he he slots into number one in Columbus. Yeah, and, and that's the, that's part of it too, is that that's something he always desired was to be, was he wanted more ice time. He wanted more responsibility, more of the puck. He wasn't getting that in Winnipeg just purely because of the talented forwards that they have. I mean, let, let but he, he still ha- he has a significant obstacle in John Tortorella. Yeah, he does. And it's, it's going to be, I think, a while before we know who came out on top of this trade right now. I think it looks very even. I think both teams did pretty well considering the circumstances. Um, so to me, I think it's just, it's great. It's a blockbuster trade. We don't see too many of them. So yeah, I, I think it was just really fun to see see a trade like that happen. Like I yeah. think that was just well, and it like it, yeah, it seemed like something that's been simmering for a while. Like we've known, we knew Line A wanted out, we knew Dubois wanted out. And I mean, then, just with the Pierre LeBrun like tweet, we knew that like at least twelve teams were interested. Yeah, like it was kind of something that just simmered for a while, and then once that game happened. It, it just seemed to just expedite things rapidly uh, and get things moving. So it's, it's great. I'm, I'm curious to see if we see more trades this season, just with the, uh, obviously with the, the situation with COVID and the border and quarantining with the new team, right? Like there's a bit of a risk too. And I think that also factored in the trade, like Patrick Laine was hurt. So we wasn't even playing. Yeah. Uh, and Pierre Luc Dubois wasn't playing either just because <laughs> he didn't want to. So, like, so yeah, it's like it's two weeks that like you're without a, a significant piece in your lineup, but it's probably two weeks where you were going to be without them either way. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't see that being a factor, but we'll, we'll see how much more movement uh, goes down throughout the league this year because I don't anticipate it'll be a, too much. We did see the Ian Cole trade, big trade. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just... Seismic, I know. We Obviously, we're less affected because it's not in Canada or on the eastern seaboard, but, like, that made ripples throughout the western hockey hemisphere. Oh, I know. I was getting texts about it. Ian I Cole. Mean, Greg Minnesota. Patteron, like, that's... These Cal are two dumb. studs on D, like... He, I'm still trying to get over the trade, to be honest. Like, this Dubois trade seems like so in, insignificant oh yeah it, it really does it's well yeah i i yeah that was that was a, that was a big one for sure that i'll remember where i was when i heard the news about ian Cole getting traded um <laughs> but yeah i think uh I think, it was just nice to have a trade that big it is because you see it all the time in other leagues like the NHL, like in Basket, terms of, basketball, has them all the time. Yeah, basketball has them all the time. The NFL, you maybe get one or two in off season. Um, 
the MLB, I don't follow super closely, but it seems like a lot goes on there. You do, you do. Like I just, there was at least three, like all all star players got traded in the off season. At least three, like yeah. three separate trades. Yeah. So I think like a trade like this is good for just the league in general to have a transaction that big. Um, one thing I'm kind of curious about though is like the long term impact of this trade where in other leagues, like with the NBA, you see players have quite a bit of power, right? Like players exactly. uh, force themselves out of, you know, cities and off teams all the time. We saw it with James Harden just a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is really like, it doesn't happen that often in hockey that players like force their way out of a city. But that that is pretty much what happened here with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm-hmm. Like he, he did... You know, I'm not sure Winnipeg was his first choice of place to go, but he was able to force himself out of a team in a situation he didn't want. I'm curious to see if we see more players trying to do this in the future as the league continues to get uh, more uh, really talented young players coming in. Uh, if any of them use that leverage uh, to try and force themselves off, you know, to, to new cities. Yeah, yeah. Um which like part of me would like to see it, but another part of me is like, it would significantly affect how we perceive the game. In my opinion, I think it would. And I think it would really harm smaller market teams that have trouble attracting star players anyways. Uh, At the same time though, I think it would be good for uh, growing the sport and getting new people interested. Like that kind of stuff's exciting. Yeah. Like when a big trade goes down, like, it grabs people's attention. Obviously it's happened like before in the past. And I'm, I mean, I'm mostly thinking of the Eric Lindros saga. Um, so it happens. It's just very rare in the hockey. Yeah. And I'm curious to see if we see more of it. Oh uh, yeah. Obviously Eric Lindros is the big notable example. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say right now, I don't think it becomes a pattern. I don't think it becomes a, a thing. Well, I'm not saying it becomes like something that everyone does. I'm thinking more along like there's more often. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say not for no, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. And I mean, like, obviously this is, this is a big trick. Just players are really good, but there's a lot of other like young players who have not broken into the league who have requested trades and like very recently, like Jesse Pugliarvi did last year, Julius Honka, Leah Sanderson. So like there's more of that of players. I think trying it, it's a bit different when they're actually like established good players like Line and Dubois. Right. Um, which is why obviously it ends a lot differently than it did for Pugliarvi or for Anderson, or I don't know what Julius Honk is doing. He just passed through waivers last week. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't, I think we might see maybe a little bit of an increase. Don't know if it'll be a lot. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and find out. Um, and yeah, anything else you want to add, Noah? End of the podcast? Final no, thoughts? I'm looking forward to a Panthers game in the near future. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, apologies, we couldn't get Jared Shea on the podcast today. He, uh, he was busy watching the Toronto Raptors um, <laughs> because he's a fake Raptors fan. It's a true story. Um, so we couldn't get him on today. Hopefully we'll get him on sometime eventually maybe um but yeah thank you maybe we'll see 
that guy's a bit inconsistent. Uh, but yeah, thank you to everyone tuning in uh, to this week's episode of the podcast. We will be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. And we'll see you all then. Center, Barkov looking to get a step on me.